welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, and I'm so glad to have you along with me today as we look into the Word of God and allow it to transform our thinking and our lives, our values, our behavior, etc. Welcome. Glad to have you along. We've been talking this week about atheism, unbelief, those who believe in God, those who don't. I'm part of this. I'm kind of uh, preparing. Fresh, freshening up on next week as I'll be down at the University of Florida. And my first talk out on the campus is going to be about evidence for God and why we believe in God. And atheism run deep, runs deep in our campuses, our universities today. It runs very, very deep. And so I'm sure that this will be an issue, so just brushing up a little bit. One of the big contentions of those who don't believe in God today is that they're as good, you can be good without God. Matter of fact, they would contend often they believe they're better without God. And they are often, and this is not true of every atheist or agnostic out there, but I'm often asked, do you think I can be good without God? And they're just picking a fight because they're going to contend they are. As a matter of fact, Ever since in the last 20 years or so, 20, 25 years, the whole move in atheism has been what was called the new atheism. This was led by guys like Christopher Hitchens, who wrote the book, God is Not Great, or Richard Dawkins, The God Delusion. And one of their contentions was religion's actually bad. It used to be atheists would say, well, you know, these religious people, let them believe what they want to believe. Uh, you know, they're not hurting anybody. They're wrong, they're deluded, but you know. But they moved beyond that with the new atheism to the belief that religious people are actually dangerous. We stand in the way of progress. Religious people, people believe in God uh, are, are stopping science. People believe in God are harming the gen next generation. People believe in God need to be confronted and told to stop believing because they were bad. And so today, I often run into atheists, agnostics on campus. That's their attitude. And there is indeed a judgmental, self-righteous, and morally condescending attitude they have towards those who believe in God. Now, again, this is not every atheist, but it is, and every skeptic, every unbeliever, but it's far more common than we'd like to believe. It's not a live and let live. It's a, you must be stopped because you're dangerous. Um. So, how do you respond to this when an atheist says that, or an atheist, an agnostic, that would make the claim or ask the question, do you think they can be good without God? Well, of course, the first place we tend to go is right to the Bible. And we go to Romans chapter 3, and you're probably familiar with this, but where it says that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. I think it's good to read the whole context here because... Sometimes, you know, these atheists, uh, sometimes non-religious people, don't really understand what this word sin means. And so let's just read Romans chapter 3, starting with verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. There is none who does good, not even one. 
Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues, they keep deceiving. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their path, and the path of peace they've not known. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. And then it culminates a couple verses later. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The question is, can you be good? The first question is, by whose standard? Who determines what's good? If God is the one who determines what's good, his indictment of all human beings is pretty severe. There's none righteous, not even one. All have sinned. Our mouth is, who hasn't slandered with their mouth? Who hasn't torn down the reputation of another with their mouth? Who hasn't gossiped with their mouth? In, in our, who hasn't had hatred towards someone in their heart? Who hasn't had bigotry towards someone in their heart? Who hasn't had lust, greed, pride, all these things that if God is the one who sets the standard, <clears throat> we're all in trouble. I appreciate the work of Ray Comfort in his ministry at Living Waters, where he's helped bring out in a, in a presentation with unbelievers the importance of activating their conscience or awakening their conscience. It is the normal tendency of human beings to declare their own self-righteousness. I've said this before, but Jesus came in a time when sinners knew they were sinners. And in the culture Jesus lived, sinners knew they were sinners. When Jesus encountered the woman caught in adultery, she knew she was a sinner. But in our day, we've exchanged good for bad. We've, we call good evil and evil good. We call the light darkness and darkness light. And sometimes people involved in what the Bible says, the worst of sins, they d declare their, their own self-righteousness. They're even proud and celebrate their sins. And so the Scripture God has given us his law that helps us activate or bring aware the conscience of someone who tends to be self-righteous. And again, I give credit to Ray Comfort for the good work he's done. In his presentations, he'll go through the law and he'll just ask, you know, what does God say? God says, for instance, you shall not commit murder. Well, he also said, though, Jesus said, but if you hate someone in your heart, murder them in your heart. He said, you shall not steal. Have you ever taken anything? He said, you shall not commit adultery. But if you lust for a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. Have you ever broken God's law, his moral law regarding sexuality? I appreciate the importance of awakening the conscience. Because we live in a time when the conscience is very, very dull in many, many people's lives. And the law of God, the scripture, awakens the conscience. But I also like to, when I'm talking to an atheist or an agnostic or someone who denies God, who contends they're good or better, I ask the question, by whose standard? And of course, this is what we've been talking about. By whose standard would you claim to be a good person? And it basically comes down to their own standard. That they're establishing their standard of what's right and wrong instead of God's standard. And in the process, they'll often judge God. The most common one in our day and age today is the LGBT issue. 
they will claim God is bad or the Bible's bad or Christians are bad because we say the LGBT behavior is sinful and wrong. They would claim it's good. So they exchange light for darkness, truth for error, their standard for God's. And in so doing, they condemn God and the Bible and us while they embrace their standard. So the first question, whose standard counts? And by establishing their own standard, of course they're righteous. That's the, that's the thing they need to see. Anyone who establishes, this is human nature. I establish that what's right. I, by my standard, I'm good. But do they realize Hitler established his standard, and by his standard, he was good. By his standard, Nazism was good. Right now, Putin's establishing his, but Putin's doing a good thing in his own eyes. He's established his standard, and what he's doing is right. The thief is right in his own eyes. The proud person's right in his own eyes. The sinner is righteous in his own eyes often. And so the question, who establishes the standard? By God's standard, we're all guilty. By our own standards, we usually come out looking okay. I'm better than most. I'm good enough. God wouldn't send me to hell for these things. He'll forgive me. He understands. I'm okay. As a matter of fact, atheists often tell me, there's no God, but if there's a God, I'm okay. They reject His authority. They reject His existence. But in their own eyes, they're righteous. And they establish this own standard. So who sets the standard? God sets the standard. Now, in our humanistic day and age, here's the other question that you need to ask the atheist who contends to be good. Why does it even matter? If there's no God, why this compulsion within you to prove that you're good enough? Who are you trying to prove that to? Why is that important to you? Why is it that all human beings want to be considered a good person? Is it that down deep he knows there is a judgment after all? That there is a, someone is going to judge his life, someone greater than himself, that he needs to contend, I'm okay, I'm all right, I'm a good person? Why this human drive to want to be good if there's no God? Do you think dogs have that drive? Cows? Baboons? Do other animals have this drive? I've got to be good. I've got to, I've got to justify my behavior. I think not. It's something humans have because we're made in the image of God. We're, we're accountable to God. We're designed to live forever. He's put eternity in our hearts, and we want to be good. Of course, here's the thing that we've also got, the hope that we also need to offer these people. It's not about who's good, who's better. That's not the issue. When we talk to an unbeliever, the, their assumption is there's no God, but if there is, I'm good enough to make it to heaven. And we have to explain to them, no, none of us are good enough, and therefore eternal life is not to those who are good enough, but to those who are forgiven. Our salvation isn't because you and I were good enough. It's because Jesus was good enough. Jesus satisfied the requirements. He is our Savior. He's our rescuer. Our faith is in Him. And, be, and we're our eternal life. I don't contend I'm good enough. That's not even the issue. We can argue with an atheist. Are you good enough? That's not the issue. The issue is, are you forgiven? 
because we all sin. We all sin. The truth is, there are some atheists out there who are decent people. That's for sure. I mean, I know people don't believe in God. I'd trust them to, uh, you know, it's not like I think they're, they're evil people. In a human standard, I would trust them to take in the mail at our house or come water our plants when we're gone with the key to the house. It's not that they're going to rob me and steal or murder me because they don't believe in God. I don't believe that. But, they're, but by God's standard, there's none righteous. And the way to eternal life is not by being a good moral person. The way to eternal life is to admit you've fallen short, you've failed, and to seek the forgiveness that is offered through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we want to turn this, this conversation. Father in heaven, we thank you and bless you and worship you today that you are a forgiving God. We acknowledge, readily acknowledge, we have all fallen short of your standard. Lord, every one of us have said things and done things that are hurtful to others. None of us have always treated others as we would want to be treated. Certainly none of us have worshipped you as you deserve. We've all fallen short and we, and we plead the mercy of God. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ. We don't argue and say, I'm good enough to be in heaven. I'm good enough to earn it. We don't claim that at all. We claim your mercy and your forgiveness. And we, we acknowledge, Lord, that if there's goodness in us, it's because your love has conquered us. Your love has won us. Your love and gratitude towards you has captured our heart. And we want to be pleasing to you because you've been so good to us and so forgiving to us. I pray today, Lord, for I, I just the people who claim not to believe in you, agnostics and atheists, who are on this this crusade and this, they're driven to want to be good enough. And Lord, they're always falling short. And I know that even as they justify themselves and proclaim their own goodness, it's because there's hurt and pain and failure in a sense inside. And their self-righteousness is often a mask to guide the, the, the lostness within. Thank you. The gospel frees us. Thank you. The, the good news of Jesus and the gospel will make us free and bring forgiveness and acceptance by God where we don't need to have to drive and declare I'm good enough, we can say I'm accepted in Christ. And I pray, Lord, oh, in Father, have mercy on so many people who are lost and bound by this drive to be good when they realize they could be forgiven. Lord, open the eyes of the lost. As we think even right now, Lord, people come to our minds who don't believe in God or who are, who are trying so hard to justify themselves. I pray they would yield to you and find peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you today. We thank you for the gospel. Thank you it's true. And it's given us security and peace and confidence because we have peace with you. We bless you today. We give you this day to follow you and to let the light of Christ shine in us in all that we do. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. Isn't this wonderful? You, you, personally, I got nothing to prove to anyone. I'm accepted by Christ. I'm accepted by God. I'm forgiven. That's what matters. And that can be the peace you have as well. Hey, if you're listening to this today or you're here and you're not a believer in Christ yet, come receive his forgiveness, the joy that that will give, the peace that will give, the security that will give. Don't mock that. Don't ridicule that. Don't see that as a sign of weakness. See that as a sign 
of walking in the truth and the freedom we were created to have. I pray you'll have it. I pray you will reach out to God and simply receive, simply receive the mercy, the grace, the forgiveness, the love that he wants to give you. That's becoming a Christian. That's really so simple. You just receive what God's graciously wanting to give you. Hope you come back every day. We're here live every morning at 8.30, and you can watch the video later in the day if you like. Or you can even just listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. Search for Tom the Preacher. So until we meet tomorrow, God bless you. I love you guys. Might God's peace fill your heart and soul all day, this day, and every day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.